Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of High on Horror. Do it, Miles. Do the thing. High on Horror! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Josh, and joining me as always is Miles. Hello, I said High on Horror a second ago. Yeah, And Chris. Hello, what is up? Hello, my boys. Oh no, not that. Can so it just, begins. Can we just get that out of the way right now? Everybody just do all the clicking that you would be doing in this episode. Ready? Three, two, one. All right. Now, all right. Now times that by a million. <laughs> and you have this movie. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Hereditary today. It's a, a newer, not brand new, but newer to me, especially uh, horror movie that I'm sure you've all seen. We have discussed this. I think we discussed this on the show. If not, we discussed it off off air. It's kind of a recurring theme that will happen on this show where one of us hasn't seen the movie before. And this week, I am the odd man out. I had never seen this movie before. And we thought up this cool little segment where Miles and Chris, whoever the two that have seen it, are going to guess what the what the third person thought of the movie before they divulge that information. <laughs> so, boys, what what do you think I thought of Hereditary? I'll I'll jump in and say that I think that you probably at the very least found it super interesting and made you feel uneasy and you did like it, but you didn't love it. And I think that you watched it and there was some, um, at least one moment where you felt like you were hyperventilating. And then after that, you thought it was dog shit because it was all supernatural and ghosty boys. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Let's Hell go. Yeah. Awesome. I, yes. I fucking love this movie. And it was very hard to watch. <laughs> but <Yeah. sighs> holy shit. What I didn't expect like so much of the things that like not just like the things that happened, but like just kind of like the like setup and like where the story was like it kept you guessing like the entire time. Mm-hmm. And like new shit just kept coming at you and then it like became a uh you know was it was she is she crazy or is she not crazy there for a little bit and then it's like uh, it was just kept blowing my fucking mind so yeah i, I fucking loved it <laughs> awesome man i'm glad to hear that it's a fucking dope movie like you said it's a real hard watch like i watched this movie and then I watched Ninja Turtles immediately after in the hopes that it would make me feel a little better. But not going to lie, this movie is a fucking bummer. But it's excellent. So well made. Like, And pff, there's so many things I do want to say about it. I know I said I didn't have much to say, but that was a lie. So, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what did you think of it? Okay. This movie, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea what it was about. And my co-host on the Geek Peak, Brandon, showed it to me when we were hanging out. He's like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no. Puts it on. Oh, my God. I was not prepared for what I was watching. And it was it blew me away. I the scene with the telephone pole shook, shook, man. Every time this is now the second time I've watched it because it was so like the sense of dread in the feeling of unease that you have the entire movie with the music and just the way the movie was shot. It was, it's just so like 
it, it's unnerving almost. Um, that being said, this movie was released in 2018 by Ari Aster, who also did Midsummer, and it stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, Millie Shapiro. Millie Shapiro is terrifying. Does she like you're looking at pictures of her right now? Does she always look like that, or did they put like heavy makeup and prosthetics on to make her look like that? Not that I'm belittling how she looks, but she does look absolutely terrifying and like something's wrong. I don't know. You don't see pictures of her, like not in the movie? Uh, I guess I also own Google, so I should probably do some of this myself. Chris is like, I think every picture is from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was like, te- te- un- like, I won't say unintentionally because it was definitely intentionally, but like she was terrifying just sitting at a table. Like she didn't have to <laughs> be like, holy shit, like this child is creeping me the fuck out. Like bravo to her. Yeah, she she was great as an actress. Like I totally believed that she was real fucked up and like something was wrong in her head. She portrayed that excellent to the point where I'm not sure she's not like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, like as as much as I did love it, I do have some issues with it. Like I th- I do think certain elements could have been like t- taken out to not be fucking two hours and five minutes long. Like I think you could have. Yeah, it's so, a real slow burn. I have, real, real slow burn. One of my notes. That, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I said, uh, "Who the fuck wants a hospice diorama?" <laughs> 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 and <laughs> this shit with the miniatures is pointless. Like, <sighs> there's so many. I'm fine with like establishing shots and like atmospheric shots to like set up a tone and everything, which this movie does fucking excellently. But like. You could have done that was like scaling up the wallpaper on the wall or like slowly moving through the yard outside, like constantly doing it with these like miniature houses. I was just like, <laughs> it was just weird, man. It was like so it. weird. I okay. feel like it's that stuff that's thrown into like modern movies to do that, to be like, look how weird this is. And it's like, yeah. not everything that's weird is scary. Like this little girl, how weird she is. That's scary. But just having like miniatures in your house, it's like they had that in fucking dinner for schmucks. Like that's not scary. That's <laughs> what my house looks like. I have a lot of shit like that all around me right now as we speak. Oh, so yeah. Miles, you visited by a poltergeist tonight. I am the poltergeist, mother sucker. So basically the plot of this film is that the mother of the little girl who Josh keeps referring to being scared of her name's Annie. She's a miniaturist. They live in Utah and they have a son, Peter and their daughter. Uh, I did not. I did not think they were in Utah. Yeah. I don't know where, how anyone could possibly have established that. (laughs) Uh, I'm reading off Wikipedia. So it's just, we'll, we'll trust it based on that sort of. Something about this movie, like like you just said, it's in Utah or whatever. All of the key, most important backstory moments are in exposition dumps that are so full of exposition that you, if you miss even a little bit of it, it shit just doesn't make sense. And they do that like five <laughs> times in this movie. But it's also full of stuff that doesn't matter at all. 
So right. it does make it a little hard to grab onto, but like what, yes. what information is important? Am I just supposed to think your mom's unfriendly or did you just say that she was in a witch's coven at her funeral? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. when I was, dude, I was looking up an article after rewatching this just to make sure everything clicked and they, they referred to that like misdirection as a dread herring instead of a red herring which I thought was kind of interesting, but it's, yeah, it's just like misleads and you're like, it's, it's so confusing, but upon second watch, like this movie foreshadows like a motherfucker. A lot, a lot, a lot. So much. I imagine it was difficult for Josh to pick up on that seeing as how he went for the ride first here. And then when you like get the rewatch value, I feel like this has at least one rewatch value, even though you feel like shit after you watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely rewatch it. I did pick up on some. There were some things where I was like, oh, that was this and that was that. But I'm sure there's like five times as many that I didn't catch. All those moments that are really slow that you were talking about, it's all just foreshadowing. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah, like the the one scene that stuck out to me is when Peter is in class and he's sitting behind the, the chick he has a crush on. And the teacher is talking about like the hero's journey and like being destined for tragedy and whether or not it's better to know and continue towards that destiny or not to know. And basically implying that there's like no free will. So it's like foreshadowing that he's already basically preordained to become what he eventually becomes later on in the film. So that to me, I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. Yeah, like, and what what is the bad guy's name? His name is... Uh, Damon. Damon! Oh! Yeah, and it says God of Mischief in one of the books. But then they said it was he's one of the seven kings of hell. Have you ever Princess, heard of this character? Princess? Yeah. Still, seems like a pretty bad dude to bring into the real world. And yeah, and it ca- that kind of like... It came out of like left field a little bit for me. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like literally my last note is what? Exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> there, I don't feel like there is foreshadow. There is foreshadowing that like her mom was definitely in some sort of like witch group and like they're supernatural shit. But I mean, they're not really talking about like demons and sh- resurrection and all this shit. And then like at the like last 30 seconds, they're like, by the way. Charlie has now possessed her brother's body and Charlie happens to be Satan. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 like I said, every, every important moment of this movie is just exposition dumps by people who are just in passing conversation or sitting at a, a meeting or whatever. So let me ask for some clarity on some points here. So like I did pick up the foreshadowing when Charlie said that her grandma wanted her to be a boy mm-hmm. like, that came back at the end because like, so Annie, the mom, she says in therapy that like she has a bad relationship with her mom. It was on again, off again. She like kept her son Pete away from her, but then she let Charlie be around her when she was born. So she did something. Did the grandma do something to Charlie? Like put that soul in her when she was a baby or something? Why? Why wasn't it Peter? Like if it had to be a boy, why wasn't Peter? Like she couldn't do whatever she needed to do to Peter because he wasn't around her as a baby pretty much. Yeah. He's like yeah. the firstborn son. So he was supposed to be the target, but she couldn't get near him because mom wouldn't let him. So she like weaseled her way back into the family's life and established a relationship with her in order to get closer to Peter. 
So, but I mean, she must have done something to Charlie to be like, we'll never know. Yeah, because it's Charlie's soul that is now that entity. Right. right. Yeah, she may have just done it to her own daughter to bring that into the into the world. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't like this movie. It, it just it throws <laughs> it like throws a lot at you, but it also like keep, keeps you in the dark on certain things. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't I, answer every question for sure. Yeah, there was a large part of the film where I'm like, oh, she's just fucking crazy. Like all of this is in her head. The and, mother, yeah. Like from like, seance on, she seems a little Looney Tunes. Yeah, and well, and the like the cinema, the cinematography in this movie is fucking incredible. It is fucking. I've never like it was blowing my mind. I want to rewatch it just on that alone, as, as well Whoa. as <laughs> like whoever did the music and sound is fucking like from like moment one of the film is fucking fantastic. And like that definitely helps build like the atmosphere and the the fucking like terror of this movie. Like it was generally like scary and creepy. Like, and I don't feel like a lot of modern horror films are actually like scary. Right. It was a, a welcome change to actually like be uncomfortable. Like you're supposed to be watching a horror movie. Cause I was fucking like on the edge of my seat. My skin was crawling. It was fucking, it was dope. <laughs> All right, let's get into the let's get into some of the weird shit. So, how about when Charlie cuts the head off that bird? Yeah, it was hard. I was out it, on the couch. <laughs> and then we look forward in time to the end of the movie with the headless grandmother and also the fact that Charlie gets decapped as well. And decapitation. Mama cut her, mama cut her body off. Yes. Yes. Oh God. What though? Dude, like she didn't look that, like she had anything in her hands. Some kind of wire. They made a reference yeah. to something else's head getting cut off by a wire at some point in the movie too. It was just a running theme of decapitation, which like related to this demon. I was- could not believe that Charlie was actually dead. Right. Like I thought this was going to be like some sort of psychological shit where like it was going to go on for a little bit and then Pete was going to wake up and be like, "What the fuck was that?" Like. I'm being tormented by these like extremely realistic dreams. But then like, no, she was just like, who the fuck would just go home and right. go to bed? Like, what the fuck? Why didn't they have him arrested? <laughs> For real. So like movies like this, we assume when we go to the movie theater that we are in the hands of someone who's going to show us something that's a little upsetting, but it's not going to be over the top. Like, Oh man, like this really hurt my feelings. And uh, this director was like, I'm gonna hurt your feelings. Yes. Because <laughs> like you don't expect to see a decapitated 13 year old's head with ants crawling over it. Like, no. yeah. so intense. The, the Whoever plays Peter, fucking give that kid an award. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, I'm like, oh, this guy is useless and he sucks. And then, like, he became like the best actor I've ever seen. <laughs> when Charlie's head does hit the pole and then he stops and he's just like sitting there and like can't look in the back i was just i'm like holy shit this is tense but dude like that's what i was expect. i was expecting him to finally look back and have her just sitting there normally because she's like off so i figured like maybe she was possessed by some sort of demon that like fucking would make her unkillable or something <laughs> <laughs> by the end but yeah she, it, that the whole scene like and the fact that she's eating nuts the whole beginning of the movie and is fine mm-hmm. 
it's all like orchestrated and calculated or whatever, but like she's eating a yeah. chocolate bar. Yeah, she she is she doesn't eat. Uh they they're like getting on to her about not eating anything with nuts, basically. But she's eating peanut M and M's. No, she didn't hurt she's eating uh oh like yeah, at her desk she's eating it looks like M and M's, yeah. She had she, like a, a package that, The first one's a Hershey bar, yeah. But like later, I think it's a Hershey bar with almonds in it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty confident that I'm I'm pretty into my candy, and I'm pretty confident the candy she was eating had nuts <laughs> in it, and like it was intentionally like she was not getting sick from it because she was going to get sick later. I can say with all certainty, I've never been to a teenage party where people were making and cutting a cake for no, <laughs> for no reason with heavy foreshadowing of them cutting up an entire cutting board's worth of fucking nuts <laughs> and putting it in the cake. It's like, you don't need that much nuts. Like they're just like, we want you to know a lot of fucking nuts. She's going to die. That entire scene though, like once she starts having an issue breathing, when he's like getting stoned in the room with the other like people, and she's like, I don't feel good. And it's like, oh shit. And like from that point all the way to the telephone pole is just like so freaking intense. You're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then boom, out of nowhere. And then like realizing that the freaking telephone pole had a demonic like oh, symbol shit. on it. I missed and then, that. And then the dog that freaking ran out in the road that he swerved to avoid was one of the people in the freaking Colts dog. So it was literally all planned. It's Whoa. so crazy. Wow, I didn't yeah, I did not get that. <laughs> I didn't I thought it was like a deer or something in the road. I missed the part where it was a dog. Interesting. I know they have a dog, but the what I caught this time that I didn't notice before was all of the like magic words on the wall that were mm-hmm. like next to the kids' heads and shit. And it's just running through the whole movie. They just keep showing random little symbols everywhere. It is kind of weird, like that she Charlie is so like messed up because they have like a pretty. I mean, you find out some details later where like, oh, they're not normal, <laughs> but like they seem like a pretty normal family. Like none of them seem to be worried at all that she is the way she is. Like no, she does not seem to be struck as odd by anyone in her immediate family. They're just like, hey, Charlie, how's it going? And she's she, like fucking walking around with a pigeon's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's drawing like... like faces all fucked up. <laughs> drawing pictures of death and shit. Like, th- there had to be some kind of psychological dra- trauma where they're like, yep, this makes sense. But they don't really tell us what it is. Yeah. Hanging out with grandma. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what it was, but... I don't know. I was very excited to see uh, the father, Gabriel Byrne, in this. Oh, my God. He is fantastic. I didn't know he was in this movie. So I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I love this. I love Gabriel Byrne. (laughs) And that's the dad's name? Yeah, that's that's the actor name. He was in uh, Usual Suspects. Oh, okay. He was in, have you ever seen Cool World? No, I've never seen Cool World. movie from the early 90s, one of Brad Pitt's first movies where, like, you can go into like this comic world of kind of like Roger Rabbit type of comic, but it's all like adult and dirty and shit. And it's Kim Basinger cool. is like this hot fucking sexy cartoon lady. <laughs> and like they wanted to like try to get into the real world and shit. And he's he's like the creator of the comic book. Oh, and that's the dad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He uh first time I watched this, okay, so this is this is 
all related to what you just said. But uh, the first time I watched this, Movie Pass was a thing. This was like the new movie, and they were like, "Yeah, go see movies, ten dollars a month, all the movies you want." And everyone was like, "Really?" And they were like, "Totally." And uh, so my, my first one I used was on this, and we had to leave the theater early because, like, we had a family member that was going through that same level of trauma of losing a child. And uh, my lady did not find it cool that we were watching that for entertainment. So um, we, you know, we walked out of the theater at that point. And then I waited, I think, a week and used my next month's free movie or whatever and went and watched it again. And the first time I made it most of the way through, the dad seemed completely unimportant in any way. And especially this most recent time watching it, he's like, a super important character in this movie, even though he doesn't say much. Yeah, I I wish I hadn't had his... Uh, one of the only things I had ever seen from this movie is his death scene, like him on fire. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, the whole... Like, it was getting towards the end of the movie, and I'm like, I haven't seen whoever's on fire yet. And then when they started... So when they started doing I Have to Burn This Book, I was like, oh, it's going to set him on fire. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I wish I hadn't like known someone was going to get set on fire because I would have fucking freaked out for that. That was intense, dude. Yeah, and you think that it's going to be her, and then he lights up, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> she <laughs> just killed him. That's how I knew it. Like the scene was ruined because I knew it wasn't going to be her because I the, whole, the picture as I've seen is her standing in front of somebody that's on fire. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's in the trailer. I like when movies do like fake scenes and trailers. So you're sitting there expecting something that just doesn't pop up. Sometimes that's for the better. Like if they didn't put that in the movie or they put like eight people on fire in the trailer, like that would have been fucking cool. (laughs) It's like, where's the mass burning that I saw in the trailer? (laughs) So we talked a little bit about the music in this earlier, but like, especially during the nightmare scenes, the music isn't music. Like it's just sound designed to make you uncomfortable. I feel like, do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a score. It's all like, yeah, it's all just a play on like your, your senses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. This entire movie just gives me a general sense of unease and like dread existential freaking dread. Well, there's that one scene where Peter's coming downstairs looking for his parents. It is all emphasized by the complete lack of noise. There is no noise. It is completely silent. Mm-hmm. And that's purposeful like and incredible how it's used because you can hear everything and nothing all at the same time. Like You can hear every footstep he takes while he's looking around and finds his fucking crispy dad on the living room floor. <laughs> Jesus. And then he turns around and there's just a stark naked dude staring at him. Can you imagine how <laughs> fucking scary that would be to find your dad burned to a crisp on the ground and there's just a naked ass middle-aged man smiling at you? <laughs> oh my god, that shit made me so uncomfortable. Me too. And his mom's spider walking up in the fucking corner. Yes. And she can move like absolutely silently. That's crazy. Who were those? All those naked? Were those just ghosts? Cultists. They were the the cultists. And if you look closely, one of them was his teacher that was in the room when he like his arm went up in the air and he smashed his face. Oh, so they're really there. Yes. 
Oh, I thought they were ghosts. <laughs> no, yeah, they were. Uh, they're actually like the cultists, and like I know the it one teacher like all white. They looked all white, so I was like, oh, they're like ghosty people it's because they're middle aged naked people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just them being strategically placed throughout the house in the the final act is just so like unnerving over and over again and you're like oh god these people <laughs> especially when he's in the attic you're like no more yeah yeah once the ball gets rolling in this movie it just keeps fucking hitting you but it just is a slow roll gotta get the momentum going but pretty mm-hmm. much from the point where the mom finds the grandma's body in the attic it just fucking goes off like shit just gets crazier and crazier and crazier but the acting so what is the lead actress's name? I know her as United States of Terra. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Fucking incredible actress. So good. All of her moments of like deep grief were terribly upsetting. But like mm-hmm. the big fight they have at the the kitchen yeah, table. Fucking crazy. Oh, where she's yeah. yelling at the sun. Yeah, yeah. she flew right off the fucking handle and it's like, shut your fucking mouth. Dude. <laughs> so fucking good she's amazing everything i've seen her in, i'm like this woman's incredible everything like she's in knives out and shit oh she's fantastic but uh, i hear her name all the time and i feel like this might be the first thing i've ever actually seen her in oh really she's in a a lot of shit just as usually a small role she's the lead in krampus you've seen krampus right yeah yeah i went through her imdb last night and i was like oh yeah i've seen a few of these but i just didn't recognize her but when Right after Charlie dies, when she's like on her bedroom floor, I was yeah. like, holy fucking shit. That is as a somebody who has kids. I'm like, that's real. Like, that's exactly what that would fucking be. I, the only thing that I found weird was that Gabriel Byrne also wasn't doing that. Like, they always kind of push the father out a little bit emotionally in movies, especially like in this. He didn't he didn't cry like at all. <laughs> like, he, didn't, he didn't seem upset. It's like your fucking daughter got decapitated in your Volvo, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. I felt honestly to be like completely fair to him, though. I felt like he was like holding the freaking family together while the mom was like losing her shit and could not handle like losing the daughter yeah he, he was but it would have been it would have been nice to have a scene maybe with him by himself just having a fucking emotional breakdown they do have yeah. that scene that scene oh. is in this movie he like when his son is all fucked up in the back seat and he almost gets into a car accident and he just like fucking shatters yeah but that's, that's like the end of the movie when everything is going wrong i mean he should have had that scene just for his fucking daughter done no, yeah, you're not wrong. He just he he was struggling with it in his own way though. Like the, him and his wife were both just laying in bed. Neither of them were sleeping, but she got up and was like, "I can't just lay here anymore." And he was just like stuck. Like uh, there's definitely signs of him being depressed at least. But it, he is definitely the least impactful role in this movie. Even though he's really like a really important character, he doesn't do much in this movie. I like when he lights himself on fire. There's <laughs> <laughs> things like that that I don't understand. Like when they do the seance and they do realize that Charlie is there, he is still acting like it's not real. And it's like, homeboy, you did just watch that glass move across the entire table by itself. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you and like? And then like, he's like, oh, you're scaring Peter. And I guess like 
the purpose of that was because it was still at the point of time where you were trying to figure out, is this all just in her head? Because mm-hmm. their reactions were like, nothing happened and you're fucking terrifying us. And she's like, this glass just moved across the table. Charlie's here. Well, I think they acknowledged that they saw something, but we're just like, we need to move on from that and stop doing what you're doing. Like, stop trying to like talk to your dead daughter and like welcoming shit into our home. Yeah, but- that got possessed by Charlie. That was fucking crazy. That's why they say don't fuck with Ouija boards because that shit will happen to you. And I, I mean, you know, I don't know about all that, but it still <laughs> is, a, is a pretty creepy concept to like, hey, all it takes is you to play with something you just got in the toy aisle and the devil has come into your home. We see Charlie possess the mom and is like scared and stuff. But like, who's like, so is the grandma spirit like involved in this torture of the family as well? Like, because... Who the like? Who made Peter do what he fucking like? Smash his fucking face off the table and shit. The teacher was, was one great. of the the cultists. I think the teacher was a witch. Yeah, but he was possessed. Like you saw, like the glowy, you know, like it made him walk towards the. I think it was Payman. Damon! Oh! I mean, yeah, he was probably involved because he's like the you know he's a trickster, mischievous. But that's just Charlie. Charlie is Payman. Yeah, but th- that's after Charlie died. Charlie's spirit's like free floating at that point. And that's it's not like payment. Payment died. You know what I mean? Damon! Oh! No, but I thought Charlie is like Charlie's spirit is payment. I think you're right because he kept hearing that. So yeah. I think that is what was going on, and payment was there fucking with him. It's like I'm pretty sure it's like a freaking omnipresent being can be in like be wherever. But is, isn't that Charlie, though? Uh, in spirit, not I, necessarily mind, I would say. Because it, like her spirit went into her brother's body at the end of the movie, and then that was payment. I think like the the cultist and the grandmother, after Charlie was born as like just a normal baby, went and like did some kind of ritual to the baby. Yeah. And, allow, and allowed like payment into her body. And then, but that's what I mean. That's why it was weird because, like, Charlie possessed the mom, but then, like, I assumed Charlie's soul went into her brother at the end of the movie. I think that is legit the thing. So, but yeah, like, Charlie is payment, I guess, even though she's just like, that's okay. I don't want to. I just want to eat chocolate and <laughs> cut birds' heads off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just like at a certain point, like when it when it turned out, like all this was like a fucking cult doing this shit. I was like, was this like the grandma's orders? Like, I fucking hate my family. Kill them and like, get me that body. So if you w- looked at the pictures that were they were going through, it's another one of those things where the, the plot is just real quick and you really got to catch it. They like the grandmother was selected to be like the person and they put her in a wedding dress and they were like hailing her and shit and they put a crown on her head and like whatever had happened that was the moment where she was selected for it and it was clearly a big honor for her yeah there's so many layers to this fucking movie it's crazy yeah and they also talk about her father like starving himself to death and i think that's some either cult related or like demon possession kind of situation and, like, why did the mom, like, the mom out of nowhere tells that story about fucking pouring paint thinner all over her kids and herself and, like, almost lighting them on fire in her sleep? 
Was what the fuck was that? The witches making her do that because they they need the kids. I think that honestly was just her like being crazy. <laughs> yeah, just being a little crazy. A little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just let a little crazy out to play the devil's advocate. Maybe she was like being possessed by something else that was trying to prevent all these things from happening. Some other forces at play. Yeah. I like your take, Miles. That's an interesting point. So this movie, this is crazy too. Like this movie, the director, the the score, the cinematographer, all went on to make Midsummer the year after this. So like two back to back hits. Is that movie like this? Like is it? It's different. Is it tense like this though? Like is it the same type of like holy shit type of stuff? No, it's I mean, it's tense in that you don't know what's going to happen next. But spoiler alert, not much. Not much happens it in has, the movie at all. Is it, it related has, to this? Because what I've mm, seen of Midsummer looks very much like whatever the grandma was doing there in the white dresses and stuff. No, 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 it's not. I mean, it's it deals with it deals with like trauma and grief, though. That is like seems to be a running theme of. Ari Aster movies and cults like it is a cult movie I I personally like it but it's definitely not nearly as scary as this and it is a lot slower but it's a very interesting watch just because of how like weird it is and well made just very well made yeah very well made. very boring after after seeing this I want to see that especially because it has a Florence Pugh from Black Widow in it have you guys seen The Witch Yes, I haven't seen the witch. It, that I'd say the witch is closer to this than Midsummer is. Agreed. I haven't seen any of these like newer horror movies because I'm just pretty much like a slasher guy. So I'm I'm very. We're about to, we're about to go. Hell yeah! The A24 movies are also like fucking gritty and well shot and well lit. Like the production value of this company is wild. Well, they do interesting. It, like the cinematography, it's just so incredible like i can't stop gushing about it that scene where like the grandma's headless body floats up into the fucking tree house yeah <laughs> no, that, that's the mom's headless body is it i guess they, they both there's so many uh, they i guess they both <laughs> float up there actually but uh i like it just moves like in one like fluid motion and looks like so odd yet so amazing all at the same time <laughs> Yes. This movie's full of that. Like, even when the little girl's walking through the field and she sees a woman sitting there with some kind of fire ritual going, like, that's so well shot, even though the mom doesn't acknowledge that it's happening. But I think we've established that it was happening. I don't know. But, like, just every moment of this movie is visually amazing. But I found the outdoor stuff particularly attractive to the eye just because they had like so many layers of depth to the shots yeah that is true yeah especially like when uh what is it? peter's at he's like sitting outside in the in this at the school mm-hmm. and that old lady's like across the street and she's kind of there the whole time but like the camera doesn't focus on her for a while and then mm-hmm. you're like oh that's joan or whatever <laughs> it's just oh my god at him so weird she seemed like such a friendly lady, and she was an evil lady. She was so freaking evil. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird when she's like, I don't know what this paper says. Just read it exactly what it says. Like, uh, no need to translate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you suspect, Joan. You setting her up. 
And she's like, I had to get something for my grandson that was his. But earlier in the scene, she went and bought the chalkboard. So it wasn't her grandson's. So she could have just been given away right there. Yeah, and who the fuck was she actually talking to at that point? Right. Was that just Charlie? Who's to say? I have a couple notes in here about Gabriel Byrne. One that says Papa Poppin' Pills. Because <laughs> he's he like, we'll just leave him pills. And then when he died, I I have the note, Gabriel Byrne, indeed. <laughs> Gabriel Burns. Hmm. Do you think they did that on purpose? I also have the note that says someone called the goddamn Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything else I want to say about this movie. How do you guys feel? You got more to talk about? No, I mean, if you haven't seen this, I mean, I don't know why you'd listen to this if you hadn't seen this before. You drop the ball but if you haven't seen it. <laughs> go watch it. I mean, just for the visuals alone, let alone like the it. it's just it's great on all parts. Writing cinematography sound acting it's all fucking incredible like i really i did not expect to like this movie as much even especially for how unsettling it is so okay our rating system is one out of five blanks from the movie are we going chocolate nut cake what's our our telephone poles telephone poles telephone poles i'm gonna say uh decapitated head with ants on it I mean, there were a lot of decapitated heads, that's for sure. Charlie heads. (laughs) Okay, so if I was to do this, I would give it five Charlie heads out of five. Incredible movie. I would also give it five Charlie heads out of five. I totally agree. I think this is actually like where I want to see horror move into a little more. But a little bit, I would like to see something that's a little bit more... uh, eventful and kind of like a bit faster paced boys i'm going five out of five charlie heads as well yeah fucking hereditary sweeped it boys (laughs) (laughs) fucking excellent program i i would love to see this guy direct a slasher movie and see what his fucking take on that would be probably pretty gross probably pretty gross he's very into the gritty it was a uh, yeah. I, I can't wait. I I, I really want to watch Midsummer now just to see, dude. If you like if you watch The Witch, there's a there's a goat named Black Philip. He's pretty fucking intense. <laughs> did, did this guy direct The Witch as well? I believe so. Yes. Did he? No, it's it's Robert uh, Robert Eggers, but they honestly are like so it's similar. It's pretty much the same movie, except not in any way except it's set in the 1700s or whatever. Yeah, in every way, it's not the same movie, except it looks about the same and the pace is about the same. We can do that one soon. I have, I want to watch that. I think we should take a breather on boring movies, though. Not that this movie's boring. <laughs> it just yeah. was slow. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's do something more slasher-based to, oh. uh, to switch the pace. All right, so off mic, we discussed and decided that we want to kick spooky season into full gear and do it proper for our first october experience so we've compiled a list of movies that we think you'll all love and we are starting it off right next week with texas chainsaw massacre reboot from 2003 very gory very unsettling to watch so we hope you'll tune in for that so let's do our plugs chris where can everybody find you 
Check out my other podcast. It is the Geek Peak Podcast. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. That's Geek Peak Like a Mountain. At the Geek Peak, we strive to bring you the best of the pop culture multiverse. We're going to show you some new songs. We're going to show you some new TV shows, movies, video games. You name it, we're covering it. We always try to save you time. Check us out. We're a content recommendation podcast. We also like to have some beers or some adult cocktails and have a good time. So be sure to check out our show. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at GeekPeakPod. And additionally, check out our website, GeekPeakPod.com. That's where we have all of our episodes hosted. We got pictures of our drinks. We've got links to all of our merch and our Patreon account. So be sure to check that out. And uh, thank you for the support. You can find my show, The Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. You can get a hold of us on Twitter, FMBN Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram, FMBN, the number four, and the letter U. What about you, Miles? If you want to hear more from me and my friends, you can check out the Disc Dump Podcast. That's Disc With Us C. It's a show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? I have another show called Toast of the realms where i play dungeons and dragons with some of my friends please check those shows out the disc dump and toast of the realms and most importantly you can find this show on twitter instagram and tiktok we are h on h pod and we will be back next week with our episode on the texas chainsaw massacre we hope you're excited for that so until then remember sometimes life gets hard so why not get high on horror